0: Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus'
1: life for all to see.
0: Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer.
1: Awesome, here we are, week three of our series, You Heard Me. If this is your first week here at Vivid in this series, we've been looking at these five different sayings that the Apostle Paul gives to two of the people he's mentoring, Timothy and Titus, these two young pastors. And he's writing in five different times in his short letters. It's like he stops, pauses, and says, guys, I want you to catch this, because what I'm about to say is a trustworthy saying and it's worthy of full acceptance, meaning this will always be the case. This will always be true. And it applies kind of all the time. And so there's five different times. We looked a couple weeks ago at this statement that uh, Jesus Christ came to the world for sinners of who I am the worst. And so if you missed that message, you could go back and check that out. And then last week, we looked at this this saying, this uh, uh, trustworthy saying that Paul gives. He says, anyone who aspires to become an overseer desires a noble task. Your desires a good job. It's a lot of work, but it's worth the work. Today, we want to look at the third one of these in keeping with this whole saying. And the message titled today is No Days Off. That's right, there are no days off. If we wanna be the people that God has called us to be, we don't take days off. We don't come and go with our effort and our energy. In keeping with both of these weeks we've already looked at, it's still true today that uh, Christ came into the world for sinners of whom I am the worst. And then we qualify for his grace just simply because we are not perfect. It's still true that aspiring, desiring, and perspiring towards that good noble task of serving others, it's still a good thing. And then today, no days off, we're going to look at this passage. It's in 1 Timothy. It's in chapter 4. And in order for us to get a full context of it, I am going to read the entirety of 1 Timothy chapter 4. Are you ready for this? It's a big piece of scripture, and uh, you will catch when we get to that saying. And when we get there, I hope whether you're using a Bible app or you have a Bible like this, that you just kind of pause and underline it because we're going to come back to that saying. But you need to catch the totality of the context in order for it to have the same meaning. Are you ready? Come on, if I was in the room, I'd say, I can't hear you. Are you ready in the chat? Here we go. First Timothy chapter four, verse one. Paul is speaking. He says, the spirit clearly says that in latter times, some people will abandon the faith and they'll follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry. They order others to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and uh, who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and by prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be doing good ministry for Christ Jesus, nourishing on the truth of faith and of the good teaching that you have followed have nothing to do with godless myths, nothing to do with old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life that is to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and it deserves full acceptance, okay? So that was it. Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Verse 10. 10. That is why we labor and we strive because we've put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all people and especially those who believe, command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but be an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and in purity. Until I come to you, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. To preaching and to teaching. Don't neglect the gift which is on you and was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone will see your progress, watch your life, and watch your doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, it will save both yourself and your hearers. Hey guys, we read a whole chapter of scripture today. That was it. First Timothy chapter four. I hope you caught that context. He's saying we are living in the type of time where crazy things are happening. Some are deserting what they have believed. Some are becoming deceived by things that aren't true, and some are buying into false doctrine. Maybe even right now, as you're thinking, you can identify that there are areas in your life where you have begun to desert what you believe. Maybe there are some areas in your life where if you stopped and thought, you'd say, wait a second, why do I believe that? How did I get tricked into thinking that? Perhaps, maybe the doctrine in your own life, the sound teaching upon which you build your life is not as solid as you need for it to be. Well, guess what? Paul is speaking to people just like us, living in a time just like ours. And in that time, he says, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. We're gonna unpack that today. But before I unpack the godliness part, we do need to catch that Paul did say physical training has some value. And so today, as a like a little intermission before we dive into the message, I got my friend CY here with me, and he's gonna lead us in just a little little bit of mobility, just a little bit of physical training. He's an incredible trainer, a great coach, and a really big part of our church here at Vivid Church. And so I've asked him to come, and he's going to get some energy happening wherever you are. So if you're in your bed right now, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. There are no days off. We're going to get physical. We're going to get fit. And so come on up, see why. Come on, let's show some love to see why. Let's go. Let's go. It'll go. be some fun. Let's do
0: this. Welcome, welcome. Hey guys, thank you for having me in your home. I'm excited to be here. But you heard it though. The Bible said it. Okay, physical training is of some value. And the pastor said it. It says so. I got a lot of people backing me up here. So I want you to get up your seat. Okay, if you don't get up your seat, I'm gonna call you out in the chat now. So you better get off your seat. I know you've been sitting around typing, doing this a lot. So we're gonna start with some mobility nice and easy. Okay, so everyone interlock your fingers and put it right by your head. I said interlock your fingers and put it right by your head. Now don't make me call you out. Okay, right there. Now put it here and we're just gonna push it out and in. We're just trying to open up, yes. No more this, no more of this. All right, so if, join me right now. Open it out and in. A couple more, go out and in. Give me three more here. Out and in, two more. Yes, last one here. Perfect, now leave that left arm over there. This is where we're gonna add a little spice to it. You know me, I gotta give you something, something, Okay, so we're gonna take that opposite knee and we're gonna bring it in and out. We're gonna bring it in and out. I'm gonna give you a couple more times slow and then I'm gonna tell you to go a little bit crazy, okay? One more time. Go three, two, one, and if you're feeling yourself now, just give me a little extra. Oh, come on, come on, I said give me a little extra. Come on now. Physical training is of some value now. Keep going. Three, two, one. That's beautiful. Let's go to the other side. We gotta balance it out. Hands right here. Nice and slow. Go in and out. Again. Go in. Every time you do it, just smile a little bit. It's not gonna hurt you. Come on now. It's gonna bless you. In and out. Again. Go in and out. Now let's add some sauce to it. Come on, ask some sauce to it. Keep going. Ask some, I said ask some sauce to it, people. Come on now, let's go. Three, two, one. Alright, it's time to do some squatting. You know we had to do that to get this hands out. Yeah, get those hands out. We're gonna go down and up. If you're coming up and you're like, that's tight, that's why you need to do this, okay? So hands right in front of me. Let's go down and up again. Go down and up. I like to say this, guys. The way I do anything is the way I do everything. You heard that right? The way I do anything is the way I do everything. Because I don't want bad habits to creep into my life. Keep squatting, I didn't say stop. Keep squatting, couple more here. Three, two, one, we're gonna hold it here, okay? This is not a fun place to be, but it's a lovely place to be. Okay, hold it right here. So in my spiritual life, if I'm going to go all in. Why will I not take care of this? This is the only vehicle you got, people. The Bible says your body's a living temple. Take care of yourself, okay? Take care of yourself because you matter. Stay here. I didn't say, oh, uh, if you get up, we start over again. Come on now. Let's hold it right here. A couple more seconds. Three, two, one. Now, shake the legs up. All right, I gotta give you more sauce, you know? I can't leave you like that. So bend the knees, put both hands on the knees. Now I want you to just let go. Okay, if your kids are watching you, go even crazier. Take those knees, go in and out, yeah. Go in and out, I'm gonna call you in the chat. Now if you're not doing this, go in and out. Keep it going, go in and out. Give me three more, go in and out again. In and out, all right. Now just give me a nice little bounce. Give me a light, come on last. Your body is a living temple. Come on now, you matter, Can I move. Just a little bounce, a little bounce, yeah. Now that's it, we're just gonna swing those hands forward. Yes, keep going all the way forward. we will loosen up the butt, now let's go backwards. All right, I'm about to do my favorite exercise. Favorite straight, actually, I call this the Michael Phelps. Okay, the Michael Phelps, so let's slap the back. Come on, slap the back, mm. slap the back, mm. again. Mm. Let me hear it, mm. two more, mm. last one. Mm. Come on, yo, come on, you're not reach. All right, now you didn't know you were gonna do this in church today. You didn't know you were gonna do this in church today. Keep going again, reach all the way across, all the way across, all the way across. All right, you guys ready to pick it up a little bit? i give you a little fun now. Now I'm gonna make you have some fun. Take those hands here and just groove, just groove, yeah. Groove, when I say move, moving doesn't have to be a specific exercise. You can dance, you can move, you can groove, and you can swim, come on. And you can dance, what? And you can move, what? And you can groove, hey, and you can swim. All right, shake it off. Shake it off, shake it off, come on, I said shake it off. Shake it off, this is what you came for today, to get blessed spiritually and physically, that's right. One more time, let's squat it out. Go down and come back up. Again, go down and come back up. Again, go down and come back up. One more time, go down and come back up. You guys feeling good? You feeling good? You ready for some more message? Thank you for having me, y'all. Stay blessed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So good, man. Always with the sauce. Uh, Always Always with the sauce. A little extra. I love it. Awesome. You can find CY on his Instagram at brio.zone. And you want to get inspired. You want to get energized. I know that's going to help you in whatever walk of life you're in. You didn't expect that today. When you came to church, I know you did not expect that you were going to be, you know, given a little something, something. And you did not expect that you actually were going to start sweating. Here's the thing. Physical training actually has some principles that are similar to spiritual training. Physical training requires that we say, there are no days off. Have you ever been to the the gym and uh, some of you are like, nope. Okay, this won't apply to you. You're like, what's a gym? No, no, have you ever been to the gym and there's that person you can tell has taken just a little time off? Okay, let's get a little more real. Have you ever been the person at the gym and it's very evident to everyone you've taken a little time off? And there are these things that take place for virtually every person in that scenario, they think, where should I have been if I had kept going? I'm gonna just try to insert myself there. I used to be able to lift this much weight, so I will start lifting that much weight now. And you can see pretty clearly and pretty quickly that someone took some days off. I remember once being at the gym and there was this guy on the, the leg press machine. And he was sitting back and uh, he was very much letting every person in the gym know that he used to lift a lot of weight with his legs. He was a little bit older at this time and it had been clearly a little while since he had been in the gym. But but he was the guy just doing this, hey, anyone else have any extra plates over there? I'm doing a leg press right now. And he, he was talking about what he was about to do for a long time. And so he people stacking weights on for him and he was getting, getting sort of ready, and as he did, he, he got in there, got locked in, and started to do the leg press. If you know the machine, he's kind of leaning back, and the weight's coming down on him as he resists with his legs. And as he was doing that, he, he's grunting, and he's shouting, and he's making all sorts of noises, and you can feel like you can hear hamstrings popping, and, and then he actually blacks out. His legs give way, and he, he's, he's fainted, like he's like, oh, he's out. And so everyone who has just had it broadcast to him that he's, you know, about to do something incredible, they're coming over and trying to lift the weight off, pulling plates off. And then, oh, he kind of comes to it and he goes, oh, yeah, oh, still got it. Well, guess what? I never saw him at the gym ever again. It was like his one workout once a year where he came to remind himself that he still was living in his glory days. And I wonder how often we treat our spiritual lives like that. We, we let things go for a long time. Whether, remember, departing or being deceived or building bad doctrines, we let that thing go for a long time. And then when we realize, we recognize, we wake up, we come to, we think, well, where would have I been if I had just never stopped? You know, I think this is a trick that the devil plays on people. He, first of all, tries to convince them to stop progressing. And then after they've stopped progressing, he, he starts shaming them that you would have been better if you had just kept going. And people live this bizarre, on again, off again, spirituality that actually has such little value. Well, one of the ways that the qualities of physical training and spiritual training are similar is that there's just no days off. I love what CY said, the way we do anything is the way we do everything. That's true physically, that's true spiritually. One of the other things that's that's true is this, you can't outwork a bad diet. Now, someone, you know that's true. You've tried that. You've thought, if I could just do more work, I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want, however much I want. Guess what? You have to align the things that you're putting into your body with the output of the work that you're you're putting out. There has to be an alignment that takes place. And the same thing is true of our spiritual lives. We can't just say, I'm going to do more, work more, care more, try more, show more passion, do more things... And it will overcompensate for the fact that I'm not actually nourishing myself with anything that matters. Let me, let me highlight a couple of scriptures here today so we catch this, okay? So 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, catch what, what Paul is saying. He says, have nothing to do with godless myths or old wives' tales. What he's speaking to is that there was, in that time, probably some aspects or areas that felt like shortcuts, Uh, a godless myth that you'd say i'm not very spiritual right now but i can just buy into a mythology that takes place in the world around me and i can feel spiritual can we make any connections to our, our day and time now probably there are some people who have made no investment into the godliness of their life or a spiritual understanding they don't have sound doctrine but they begin to speak about spiritual things and think that there's a shortcut there's others he says old wives tales i think maybe one of the ways we could look at that would be conspiracy theories come on they're all over the place people who who think that there's just a shortcut to understanding but paul says don't be that person who's trying to take a shortcut don't be that person who's trying to just discredit things instead train yourself to be godly come on could someone underline that train yourself to be godly. This is an instruction for us to train ourselves to be godly. Now, in the the ancient Greek culture, in the, the Roman Empire of the time, physical training was a pretty high value. Having good physique and good physical health mattered a lot. You could look at the sculptures and the art of that time. What was modeled as ideal was a fairly chiseled Physique. It was in this time that the Olympics were emerging. It was in this time that running marathons was emerging. It was in this time that physical training was actually being glorified as something that mattered. And so Paul uses language of the time, something that mattered. He says, Timothy, I want you to train yourself to be godly. I'm telling us today, Vivid Church, let's train ourselves to be godly. Let's put some effort and energy into into godliness. Let's just simply commit this. I don't take days off from this. I care to be godly. You know what is really cool? The word godliness, it actually is It's an old English word, which comes from, you know, putting a few words together, which is god-likeness. Godliness is just being like God. And so Paul says, Timothy, guess what? You can train yourself to be more like God you can train yourself to have the types of attitudes and actions that reflect God more and more. You can do this, but it'll take work. Do so you know one of the other ways that physical training and spiritual training are similar? I'm going to make a bold statement that in my life, I have met very few people who, who do things that would be impossible for me to do. Yeah, let me say it again. So I want you to catch it. I've met very few people. I have met some who are just naturally gifted, incredible athletes. So you look at them and you say, I could never do that. But most of the people that you look at and say, I could never do that, it's not true. They just put in the work. The truth is most of the people who are living the type of physical, healthy lifestyle that you look at and go, I could never do that. You could. You just need to start from where you're at. You just need to get moving. Most of those people who get up early and go on a run in the cold and you're like, I could never do that. It's, It's not true. You just don't want to do that. We just haven't put in the effort to care to do that. Most of the people who overcome unhealthy lifestyles and unhealthy habits, well, we could do that too. We just have to start somewhere. And so Paul says to Timothy, I want you to train yourself to be godly because physical training has some value. And everyone who would have read this initially would be like, yeah, of course it does. Like having a chiseled body matters. And taking care of your body, it leads to longevity. Taking care of your body, actually, they were starting to discover the the health factors that it had in your body, but also in your mind. They were starting to understand the holistic nature of health and saying, yeah, it really matters. Because, but godliness, it has value for all things. Physical training, if you leave it for a while... It results in very little difference. But godliness actually has an effect not only now, but throughout eternity. Growing a character that looks more like God actually affects forever. Now check this out. That means that a life lived for God, it might not be the most rich life, but it'll be your best life. You know, people throw that around all of a sudden, I'm living my best life. If you're living a godly life, that's true. It is your best life. A life for God might not be the easiest life, but it will be the most fulfilling. How many people could attest to that? That the more you care to reflect the nature of Jesus, the more you care to reflect the light of his life for all to see, the more you say, my life is being fulfilled. My purpose matters. A life for God might not be the most comfortable, but it will be the most content. And it's also the Apostle Paul who says this, that godliness with contentment is great gain. Oh man, you can't find a life that has better returns than that. Contentment and godliness. Saying, I'm just working on being everything that God has called me to be. Physical training has some value, but godliness has value for all things. It holds promise both for this life and the life that is to come. It's a trustworthy saying. Now into the, so what do we do with this? How do we train ourselves? How do we actually put in that work? You could, you could say and wake up every morning and say, there are no days off. I gotta be more godly. Well, what are we gonna actually do? Just, just feel bad that we're not there yet? That would not be the first step. Let's look at some of the practicals on how we live this out, how we do this. Verse 10, Paul says, that's why we labor and we strive because we've put our hope in the living God. Now, if you've been around Vivid Church for a while, you've heard me say this saying. If you have not, maybe you're new to Vivid, maybe you're coming to Culture Course right now, you're about to hear this saying. It's one of the cultural values of this house. It's one of the things that we believe to be true of of who God's called us to be. It's just this quick little statement, hope and hustle. The hope that we have in Jesus actually motivates us to hustle the hope that we've put in who God has called us to be actually motivates the output of effort and energy in our life. I don't hustle because I'm hopeless. I hustle because I'm full of hope. And so Paul says this, he goes, this is why we labor. This is why we strive. This word labor, it means to to become fatigued. It means to get tired. It means to put out so much work that you've earned your rest. Have you ever felt that feeling at the end of a long, hard day or an exhausting season where you're like, oh, I'm so ready just to rest now because I put in good work today. That's why we labor. You know what the word strive means? This word strive here, it actually means to get hit in the teeth. Come on, think about that right now. Paul says, guess what? The reason I'm willing to put out work and and, and go so hard until I'm fatigued, the the reason I'm willing to actually get hit in the teeth and and life's tough sometimes and I can take some hits is because my hope is not in my effort. My hope is not in my own righteousness. My hope is not in my own knowledge. I put my hope in the living God. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives... All my fears are gone. I'm willing to put in the work and I'm willing to take some hits because I put my hope in the living God. I want us to consider today, do we have hope and hustle? You, you might say, I, I, got, I got hustle, but I don't yet have the hope. Or you might say, oh, I know my hope is in Jesus and that's why I'm just sitting back and letting life come, come at me the way it comes. No, your hope, if it's authentic and real, ought to be motivating this type of labor in our lives. That we could be the type of people who would, would live exemplary lives of Godlikeness. How's your hope and hustle doing? And to that, it gets even a little more practical, kind of goes down to another layer. I hope we can catch this today. He says this to Timothy, verse 12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but instead set an example. Let's get really practical today, okay? He's talking towards Timothy's relative youth. The word young was used for people who were soldiers, but not yet officers. It was reserved for people primarily under the age of 40. Now, I am just barely still in this definition of young. Whether you're watching today and you would, you would hit that definition chronologically, that's not the point. He says this, Timothy, I don't want you to let something that's just true of your life naturally to define who you are. Instead, I want you to be defined by the supernatural. Okay, I'm saying this to you right now. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're poor. Or in other words, don't let poverty be your excuse. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Don't let youth be your excuse. Don't let anyone look down on you because of the, 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 the trials you've walked through. Don't let your pain be an excuse. Don't let anyone look down on you because uh, of your lack of knowledge. Don't let ignorance be your excuse. Instead, like this was true of Timothy, you're just young. You can't help the fact that you're young. You'll get old as you get old. You can't help the fact that you're in pain. You will heal as you heal. You can't help the fact that there's things you don't know yet. You will know them as you know them. You can't help the fact maybe that you have a lack of strength or a lack of resource. But instead, you can make the choice to be an example. The word example, it comes from the Greek word tupos. Okay, this Greek word tupos, which is the word from which we get uh, the word type in English. Now, for most of us, typing it looks like this right now it's an act of our thumbs right in fact for some of us typing has graduated from thumbs to just speaking hello comma how's your day going question mark have you ever done like a audio type text i I recognize that i did this when one of my one of my children was walking around with a fake phone saying hello mama comma it is time for dinner Period and I thought well, where'd they learn that? Oh, they learned that from me because I'm typing with my voice So some we type with our voice some we type with our thumbs But once upon a time typing took place with weighted keys. How many people you're old enough, okay? You know what I'm talking about those weighted keys you hit a key and then a, a, a little engraved letter comes up and strikes the page And it leaves an indentation, it leaves a mark of exactly what was etched upon that letter. Paul says this Timothy, I want you to be a type of what God is like. So that every life you touch, you leave a demarcation, you leave an indication of what God would be like in this scenario. All right, everybody, feeling challenged, feeling motivated. Feeling like I'm not there yet? Well, no problem. We have to begin to train ourselves. We got to begin to put in the work. For some, see why I got up here, he started interlocking fingers and doing something. And you're like, I'm already done. Like I'm sweating and I'm done. For some, you're like, oh, cool, warm up, bro. But I already just, like I threw down 200 burpees before church this morning. But guess what? You just have to start from somewhere. You have to begin somewhere. He says, Timothy, I want you to become a type or become an example so that when you get hit, when weight comes onto your life, guess what? You leave an indication Jesus was here. When when something strikes your life, you leave this marker, that's what God would do. And he goes, I want that example to be expressed in the following five ways. If you're taking notes, write these down, ready? He says, be an example to the people around you in your speech, be an example in the way you talk. Vivid, how can we develop godliness? How can we put the effort that we would put into our, our, our physical lives, into the spiritual things? Begin to be aware of the words we say. And go, is this an example of something God would say? Am I speaking in his tone of voice? Be an example to believers in your speech, in your words. It's just a little word check. For some of us, you know, we, we talk about like doing a detox. Maybe some of us need to de like D-E slash talk. Just stop talking. If you can't be an example yet, just shh, a little bit quieter. Just hold back. That's why the Bible says this, be quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to become angry, angry because God is calling us to be an example in our speech. Number two, in our conduct. The things that we put our effort towards. Is our lifestyle exemplary? This is what God would be doing right now. You remember those WWJD bracelets? For some, you're like, you know, it stood for what would Jesus do? Guess what? Maybe you're in a situation. You say, I have no idea what Jesus would do. That ought to motivate you instead of just filling in the blank with what you already wanted to do as if your intuition is the voice of God. No, no, no. The the word of God is the voice of God. If you don't know what Jesus would do, dive into his word and learn what he would do. So, we're to be examples, types of Jesus in the way we speak, in our conduct. Number three, in our love. In our love, what we place our affection towards, what we put our energy towards, the thing that really motivates us. I talked a lot about passion last week. You could go back and reference that, but be an example in your love, the thing that excites you, the thing that your mind goes to when when nothing else is distracting you or maybe the thing that distracts you when other things are going on around you because you love it so much. Is there an example of godliness or godlikeness in your love? Number four, In your faith, in your faith, in what you believe. For some, we believe some things and we have no idea why we believe them. For some, we believe because they're just old wives tales or they're interesting myths. For some, you have believed that cleanliness is next to godliness. Guess what? Cleanliness might matter, but you will not find that in the Bible. Build your faith on what is solid ground. So are we an example in our faith? Because our faith will motivate our actions. Our faith will motivate the way we live our life. And number five, an example in purity. The word purity means to be unmixed. So in every part of our life, we can't just compensate for one area where there is no purity by being super pure in another area. It's saying, I'm just going to constantly be filtering my life. For motivations, I'm gonna be filtering my life for attitudes. I'm just gonna be kind of going back over the way that I I care, the way that I put my words out, the things that I'm saying show an indication of what's going on in my heart. So I'm just gonna be constantly purifying myself so I can be an example. So I asked you, how's your hope and hustle doing? Now, how how's your example? Like, how is the example of your life? Are we a type of Jesus? If you're like me on both of these areas, you're going that's something I could work on. Example, mm, yeah, I could work on that. As you look at speech and conduct and love and faith and purity, you're going maybe a combination of a few. I got some things that I got to work on. Well, guess what? Just like physical training, you have to start somewhere. And it begins with a mentality that says there are no days off. I'm just going to keep on putting energy and effort and making sacrifice to get there, to make it there. Now I'm gonna close with this. Verse 15, he says this, be diligent in this matter. Be diligent in this matter. Give yourself wholly to it so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Here's my thought for for today. Watch your life closely, because everyone else is. If you're an example, if you wanna be the person God has called you to be, you need to watch your life your motivators, your actions closely because everyone else is watching. Everyone else is looking to you and saying, well, how do they measure their next steps? How do they measure their decisions? Everyone else is watching, so you might as well start watching too. Be diligent, give yourself to it, and let your progress be seen to all. Diligence means to meditate. Some people ask me, and with this thought I close, they say, well, how long does it take you to prepare a message? Do you know what? I am diligent to the craft of speaking of the word of God. I've made it my life's goal. I really give myself wholly to it. In every circumstance, I'm, I'm thinking, how could this help someone grow nearer to God? It's on my mind all the time. And that word diligence, it means just keep it on your mind all the time. It was used for people who are orators or who, who uh, uh, endeavored to the exercise of rhetoric where they were just always thinking, how could this philosophically help someone to understand the point of view? Be diligent. I don't know how long it takes me to prepare a message. I like I'm almost 40, so most of those those days. It's it's a diligence, it's a lifestyle. He goes, "Think about it, put your energy towards it." And then that last thought that's so beautiful. He goes, "Let your progress be seen by everyone. Everyone's watching. Don't be embarrassed that you've only grown a little bit. You're growing." Don't be embarrassed that you took two steps forward only to take a step back. We all see that progress. Don't live in such a way that you say, and and if you're a personal trainer, see why I know you've heard this before. People say this, I just gotta get healthy first, then I'm gonna come to your class. I just gotta get in shape, then I'm gonna come be in shape. No, no, you gotta start from where you are and just begin to progress. Physical training has some value, but godliness has so much more value. So let's train ourselves towards God-likeness. It begins as being people of his word. Can I pray for you, Jesus? I thank you for every person who's in church today. I thank you for the value that comes in living godly lives. I pray that you would help us to find our hope in you and you alone, and may that motivate us to put in the work and even to take some hits. I pray that in the days, the weeks, the months to come, we would have times where we go, whew, I'm feeling so tired because I'm putting my effort in towards growing godly and becoming more like God. I pray we wouldn't buy into any shortcuts, but we would put in the work to be who you've called us to be. And I pray for every person right now who has a really ready excuse on their mind as to why they could be looked down on their youth, their ignorance, their poverty, their hurt, their pain, their past. I pray that you'd allow us all to be set free from that and instead say, I'm going to begin to be an example in my speech, in my conduct, in my love, in my faith, and in my purity. Thank you, Jesus.
0: We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.